Welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm your host, Jill Mokes, and thank you for joining me again this week. It's so good to have you here. This is going to be a slightly different episode to usual. So I'm recording this episode in the run-up to preparing for our unapologetic retreat in Portugal. So if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I shared about my process for preparing to take time out. And that includes pre-preparing content like this, like for the podcast, so that while I'm away, I'm able to really be present and bring my absolute A game when it comes to coaching our guests. So that is what I will have been busy doing while you're listening to this. And so this episode is a slightly different kind of episode. It's one that I wanted to share for a little while now, but it's a really quite a personal episode. And it's about the feedback and messages I've had since I did the article with Farrah Store about my regrets around motherhood. It seems like this has really captivated so many people. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on what that means to me in the wider context, not just in the context of me personally and the experience of raising my son, James, but also the lesson it's taught me about the things that are important to me around honesty and authenticity. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant full fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Okay, so like I say, a bit of a different episode this week. If you haven't already read the article, obviously I'm going to link to that in the show notes, but the amazing Farrah Store, who is the ex-editor-in-chief of Elle magazine, Cosmopolitan magazine, Women's Health magazine, um, she's absolutely amazing. She is now head of writer partnerships for Substack in the UK. And you may have listened a couple of episodes ago, I interviewed Farah for this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, definitely go back and have a listen to that because she is amazing. How it all came about was, when I say it, I mean, you know, working with her on this article that that kind of got so much attention really from um, Substack and from my audience is that she 
posted to Substack uh, probably over a year ago now, just saying that she was considering writing a piece about different experiences of motherhood, maybe where it wasn't as expected, or maybe people who, you know, for whom motherhood hasn't been the the stereotypical experience that most people have, or certainly hasn't felt that way to them. So I just sent her an email back saying, yeah, I'd be happy to be interviewed about it. And I explained that, you know, my son, James, who's um, 26 now, he'll be 27 in uh, January. He's severely autistic and he is number one, the absolute light of my life. I freaking adore that boy, man. He's a man now. I mustn't call him a boy. He's still a baby to me, obviously. And given half a chance will allow me to treat him like a baby too, you know. So, you know, if I'm not careful, he'll get out the bath and lay on the bed in the hope that I will still come and give him, you know, a towel. He's absolutely gorgeous. He's adorable. I will make sure that there is a photo of him somewhere in this. Yeah, I just dropped her a line saying, you know, I'd be happy to talk to you about my story of motherhood because it really hasn't been what I was expecting when I fell pregnant. You know, I didn't know there was anything wrong. I didn't know anything was wrong with James for two years. I mean, he wasn't diagnosed till he was two. So throughout that pregnancy, I had all the hopes and dreams that everyone has um, of becoming a mother. And when James was diagnosed with autism at two, you know, my life really changed. Life had already changed having a baby. Everyone's life changes having a baby. But so many more things changed when I found out the truth about what lay in store for us. And certainly in the process of bringing James up against the challenges that autism bring, you know, it definitely hasn't been the beautiful journey through motherhood, the rewarding deepening relationship between mother and son you know I just it hasn't been that and Farah gave me this amazing safe space to share about that and talk about it really openly which I did and I did it in full understanding that I might get some less pleasant feedback because anyone you know and and I get that I understand it because some of the things I say are quite brutally honest around the disappointment and around sometimes really wishing things were different none of those things mean I don't love James and I think the point of the article was really about how that dark and light can exist together the the amazing fulfillment that being a mother has brought to me alongside the crushing disappointment of it not looking the way I thought it was going to look can live alongside each other and coexist so that's a a kind of a brief resume but do go and read the article because Farah did an absolutely amazing job in getting across what I really wanted to share about it and, and I'm so grateful to her for that but this episode of the podcast I just wanted to talk about really what happened for me afterwards, because once the article was published, it was kind of a bit surreal, but I started getting message after message after message of support and of thanks. And the messages that absolutely brought me to tears were the ones from people saying, women predominantly saying, that I had given voice to some of the darkest thoughts that they'd had, 
but had never felt like they could express. And therefore they stayed inside as something dirty and ugly and, and wrong. Because I shared the truth about my experience, only my experience, that's all I can talk about. But just by doing that, it really inspired them to be perhaps more open about how they really feel and to know that it's okay in a safe space to share how you actually feel. Your feelings are never wrong. Your feelings are just your feelings. They're never right. They're never wrong. They're your feelings. So I I was just blown away by the response to the article. I can honestly say that even now, and I'm still getting some messages now, I haven't had a single person send me anything but love and support, which really blew my mind, to be quite honest, because I was ready for some people to be a little bit shocked and a little bit maybe disappointed in me. And maybe that was the feeling I had. You know, when I made the decision to be so open about it, I remember thinking, oh, you know, is it going to make my family feel sad because I hadn't maybe been as open with them at the time? So all those complex sort of feelings come up. But those are feelings that came up before I did it. Since I've done it, the freedom and the open kind of, I'm, I'm really struggling to put words to the feelings that that came up since. But I think it is a feeling of uh, a light feeling. So feeling that um, some of the heaviness of my experience has lifted. It's an ongoing experience. James is still in my life, obviously. You know, I see him every other weekend. He comes home and we have great times and we have challenging times. You know, that's an ongoing process. It always will be. My whole life will be an ongoing journey with James through his life. But he is happy and I'm happy. It's really important that people understand that sharing the darkest parts of the journey doesn't mean that I'm unhappy. I have had periods of being unhappy because things in life are challenging and it's okay to talk about that. It's okay to be open about it. It's okay to say that I regret some things. It's okay even to say that sometimes I'm not sure if I'd known what I know now, whether I would have gone ahead and had James had I known. It's okay for me to share that. There's a really important caveat to this. The first caveat to that is that I do know James and I, (laughs) I am so glad I have him. I'm so glad I have him and I love him. I absolutely love him, but it has been a journey. Yeah. It's had, it's been a journey to be able to really say that wholeheartedly as well has been a journey, a journey that I'm really glad I've been on and glad that I've got to where I am now with. The other caveat to sharing my story about James was that James doesn't understand. So James is severely autistic. He can't read. He can't write. He is, mm, he's, some people say he's nonverbal. He does talk, but it's very echolaic. So for example, if James hurts himself, he will come up to me and say, it's all right, darling, because that's what he expects me to say. So, so again, you know, if James wants a drink, he'll say, you can have a drink. So he has some speech, but it is kind of limited. So he doesn't have any understanding 
of any of this? Would I have shared so much so brutally honestly if he did? No, I wouldn't because I wouldn't want my child to know some of the darker thoughts that I might have had. And I wouldn't want them to know that there was any chance of me regretting them or not loving them, you know, which which wouldn't be true. But I would hate the thought of um, my child even having any, you know, suspicion of that. So I'm in a privileged position in some ways that I can share so openly, safe in the knowledge that it doesn't affect James whatsoever. I really, I think it's important that I share that because there are sometimes circumstances when you can't always be as open as I've been about James and that's okay too. It's, you know, this isn't something where one person can tell another person how open they should or shouldn't be. But what I do want to share is how it's made me feel having this outpouring of support afterwards. It has made me feel so heard, so understood. You know, I, I mean, I hope you don't mind me sharing this on, on what is usually our business tips podcast and business coaching podcast. But I feel like, you know, you know me, you, the people who listen in week after week, you know me and you hear what's going on with me. You have insight into my business. Um, you have insight into my life. And, and so I just wanted to share this because there is a lesson with this too. And it's made me realize that there's, there isn't anything to be scared about when it comes to being radically authentic and honest. I'm not suggesting for one moment that when you're building a business, it's all about that crushingly brutal um vulnerability which this was this was a very vulnerable piece and i'm not a fan actually of you know trotting out super vulnerable content week after week and and um sharing things i think someone i was listening to the other day and i can't remember i'm i have to get better at remembering so i can attribute things to people but who was it someone on a podcast was saying that they tend to share they share the scars, not the scabs. And I really like that as a kind of yardstick for, for sharing vulnerable stories as part of your business building. I just want to say that me sharing with Farah was nothing to do with building my business. It's nothing to do with business. It was on her Substack platform. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm using my poor son as some kind of marketing gimmick. <laughs> He's definitely not. But I am sharing this lesson around how, yeah, there's nothing to be scared of of sharing your truth. Uh, but the point I was just making about the vulnerability piece, sharing scars rather than scabs is all about, you know, kind of sharing something that has long since healed and from which you can share a lesson. And I think... That's really what I hope I've done with that story about James is that I couldn't have shared about that while I was in the thick of raising James to adulthood. It would have been way too hard, way too hard to do that when it was a scab, when it was fresh, when it was raw. But now, now I'm through the other side. James is a healthy, happy adult living very close to me. We have a great relationship, you know, so it's much easier now to go back and look at the experience and be able to share the lessons I've learned and the, and the truth about how I feel about it. I'm actually working with an amazing 
an absolutely amazing advocate for parents of kids with um, or young adults uh, with additional needs, Chris Burbank. And I'm going to link to her Substack in the show notes of this episode because Chris has also interviewed me recently and, and she's, um, she's been working on uh, a book, but also on another project with me that, that it, that really speaks to this. It speaks to the, you know, what can we as parents who have gone through a difficult experience share with perhaps people who are coming up behind us who are about to go through or who are going through difficult time, you know, so sharing the, the, those scars and, and the lessons that have come out of it is really, really important. So from a, business coaching perspective which I just want to end on really just bringing it back to the Heads Together podcast to the intention of this podcast a lesson that has come to me from this really is about you will be rewarded for having courage it doesn't only it's not just being vulnerable that takes courage it's actually perhaps doing something in a different way doing something in a way that someone else doesn't do it that takes courage having a different opinion to other people that takes courage and you won't always get positive feedback um like i have you know that i understand that this is a really different circumstance but the liberating feeling of sharing truth, your truth, your opinions, your way of doing things is, I just don't believe you will ever regret that. I think it is the one thing that will always set you apart from your competition is being courageous enough to do things your way, your way and the highway. <laughs> yeah, just a shorty this week, but a bit of a deep one. But an important one, something I've wanted to share for a little while since that article was published. And I just want to thank everyone again. So many of you have, have reached out to me since that the article was published. And yeah, it's, it's just moved me. It's really moved me. And it's kind of restored a bit of faith in, in humanity, to be quite honest. Um, that people really listened and understood and just got it and, and was so supportive. So thank you. Yeah. Be brave, be courageous because it feels good. It feels light, feels liberating, I think is the word. Okay. Well, thank you again for listening and I will see you again, same time, same place next week. If you do enjoy the podcast, I would love it if you would give me a uh, rating and review on Apple iTunes. If you use that platform. That would be blooming fantastic. Thanks so much for listening and I will speak to you again next week. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now.